0: to part one of tonight's show. In the role of Billy, Serena Krejci-Papa. Thanks for having me. In the role of Basic Brendan Smith. Good evening. In the role of Alice Faulkner, Jenna Nielsen. Pleased to be here. In the role of Moriarty, Emily Bloodsworth.
1: Charmed.
0: In the role of Madge, Melissa Myers. Pleasure. In the role of Orson Welles, Shane Gillett.
1: The pleasure's all mine.
0: In the role of James Larrabee, Katie Whalen. Good evening, everyone. In the role of Inspector Foreman, Emily Berry. Delighted to be here. In the role of John Watson, Jonathan Twining.
2: Pleasure to meet you all.
0: And in the role of Sherlock Holmes, Joe Towns. Ah, good evening. This is QATV on the air. Quincy Access Broadcasting System takes pleasure in bringing you the 12th in its series of weekly broadcast featuring Arson Wells and QATV on the air. Tonight, Eastern Nazarene College Theatre for Social Justice program and Quincy's most celebrated theatrical producing company brings to life the best-loved character detective fiction, the immortal Sherlock Holmes. The play is Orson Welles' own adaptation for radio of William Gillette's enduring melodrama, based on the famous stories by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Before the performance begins, here's the director of QATV, the star, and producer of these unique broadcasts, Orson Welles.
1: Good evening. Well, tonight it's back to Baker Street. Back to that unlikely London of the 19th century, where high adventure awaits all who would seek it. In a handsome cab or under a gas lamp in an Ivan Escape. For tonight, we pay tribute to the most wonderful member of that most wonderful world. A gentleman who never lived and will never die. Tonight, actor Joe Towns is the actual embodiment of Holmes himself. It is too little to say that Towns resembles Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes looks exactly like Joe Towns. Sounds like him too, we're afraid. And hope devotedly that QATV and the radio will take none of the glamour from this beloved fable of Baker Street. From the pipe and the violin and the hideous purple dressing gown. From the needle and the cigar and the window ledge and the dry, final, famous lines. Elementary, Elementary, my dear dear Watson, Watson, elementary. Elementary. The The mere child's play of
2: deduction. My name is Watson. I am a doctor. It was in the year of 1880 that Holmes and I were introduced by a mutual acquaintance. At the time, we were both looking for a lodging that would suit our moderate means. This we found on the second floor of a house at 221B Baker Street. And it was during the years that we occupied these chambers together that Holmes established his unique international reputation as a consulting detective. Since my marriage three years ago, Holmes has continued to occupy the Baker Street lodgings by himself. And here, almost every afternoon, when my work in the office is finished, I'm in the habit of calling on him. uh, Come in. Mm,
3: What's in my dear fellow?
2: How are you, Holmes? Oh,
3: I'm delighted to see you. Perfectly delighted, upon my word, I am, but... Oh, I'm sorry to observe that your wife has left
2: you. (laughs) Uh, She has gone, yes, but on a little visit. How did you know? How did I? Well, I like that. How do I know anything?
3: How do I know you've been getting yourself very wet lately? That you have an extremely careless servant
2: girl? And that you've moved your dressing table to the other side of the room? (laughs) Holmes, if you'd have lived a few centuries ago, they'd have burned you alive. (laughs) Such a conflagration would have saved me a great deal of trouble and expense. (laughs)
3: Tell me now, how did you know all that? It's too simple to talk about. Scratches and clumsy cuts, my dear fellow, on the inner side of your shoe there. Just where the firelight strikes it. Scratches and cuts. Somebody scraped away crusted mud and did it badly. Oh, badly. Oh, dear. And scraped the shoe along with it. There's your wet foot, my dear Watson, and your careless servant girl. All in one shoe. (laughs) Face badly shaved on the right side, always used to be on the left.
2: Light must come from the other side, couldn't very well move your window. Must have moved your dressing table. (laughs) Of course, of course, but... How the deuce did you know that my wife was away? Well, where the deuce is your second waistcoat button, Watson. What? And what the deuce is yesterday's
3: air doing in today's lapel. Oh, no. And why the deuce do you wear <laughs> the expression of a... <laughs> marvelous, marvelous. Oh, elementary, my dear fellow, elementary. The child's play of deduction. Mm-hmm. I'm only doing it for your amusement before we pass on to more serious matters. Oh? Right. And what is it now, Holmes? <sighs> Watson, my dear fellow... In the enthusiasm which has prompted you to chronicle, and, if you will excuse my saying so, someone to embellish my little adventures, you have occasionally seen fit to introduce a certain element of romance, which struck me as being just a trifle out of place. Oh? Something like working an elopement into the fifth proposition of Euclid. What are
2: you trying to say? I merely refer
3: to this, in case you should see fit at some future time, to chronicle the case on which I am about to embark.
2: The strange case of Professor Robert Moriarty. Moriarty? Hmm. I don't remember ever having heard of the fellow. No, Watson, you
3: haven't. It is precisely this quality of invisibility that makes Professor Moriarty the Napoleon of crime. Hmm. Sitting motionless like an ugly, venomous spider in the center of his web. But that web having a thousand radiations and the spider knowing every quiver of every one of them. And, within 48 hours, I'll have the lines drawn so tightly around him he can't move. I'll arrest him and his entire gang.
2: (sighs) Holmes... This is a very dangerous thing. My dear fellow, it's perfectly delightful.
3: Oh, my whole life is spent in a series of frantic endeavors to escape from the dreary commonplaces of existence. Mm-hmm. For a brief period, I escape. You should congratulate me. <sighs> mm. The day before yesterday, I received in this room the visit of a certain foreign nobleman who has recently inherited a very considerable title and who is about to be married. Seems that this title, gentlemen, was so indiscreet as to fall in love with a young English lady by the name of Faulkner, uh, socially his inferior, oh. and to make her a promise of marriage. Later, at his family's insistence, the thing was broken off, and the young lady died shortly thereafter oh. of a broken heart, Oh no! leaving behind a sister, also considerable evidence in the form of letters, photographs, and jewellery with inscriptions. These the sister kept. These together with the sister are now being held in a house in St. John's Wood, by a pair of blackmailers who go by the name of Chetwood. So far as you see, my dear Watson, a fairly ordinary case of blackmail. Hardly worth my attention. Right. Last night, on my inspection, a certain element revealed itself, which renders the case far more important than I had expected. And that element was? Professor Moriarty. Uh, uh, Come in.
4: Beg pardon, Mr. Holmes.
3: Uh, Yes, Billy, what is it?
4: Gentlemen to say you by the name of Foreman.
3: Ah, show him in, Billy, show him in.
4: Yes, Mr. Holmes. (coughs) Come
3: in, Mr. Foreman. Ah, good evening, Foreman.
5: Good evening, Mr. Holmes.
3: Oh, uh, Watson, this is Inspector Foreman. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure. Since the day before yesterday, he occupies the position of butler under the name of Judson. In the home of Mister and Mrs. Chetwood, uh, the blackmailers of Saint John's Wood. Well, foreman, any news?
5: Yes, sir. This morning, a little after nine, Chetwood and his wife drove away in a four-wheeler. They returned about eleven. Bassick was with ah. them. Ah, you know him, sir?
3: Mm, yes. Now, when I last had the occasion to meet Mister Bassick, he got two years for safe-cracking. Ah. Uh, go on, foreman.
5: Well, they took this man Bassick into the library. I got to look at him from the outside. And there he was opening up the safe where they've been keeping the letters. Yeah, go on. In the end, when they got the safe open, it was empty. Hmm. The letters were gone. It seems like the Faulkner girl got them back somehow. That got them pretty excited. Bassick went out to send a telegram.
3: Yeah, have you got a copy of
5: it? Hmm. Yes, yes. Here it is, sir. It's in code.
3: Hmm. Moriarty! Oh, I thought so, Watson. Interesting. This case is taking a most promising turn. Uh, foreman, uh, you return at once to the house in St. John's Wood. Yes, uh, Within ten minutes I shall be there myself. If I remember correctly, the kitchen is immediately below the drawing room. Yes. Uh, now listen carefully to the plan, Foreman. When I knock over a chair in the drawing room, you'll overturn a lamp in the kitchen, scatter smoke balls, and give an alarm of fire. All other instructions remain unchanged.
5: Very good, sir.
3: Yes, uh, hurry forward.
5: Yes, Mr. Holmes.
3: Ah, well, my dear Watson, it begins to look like a most interesting evening. Yes, indeed. Good evening. My name is Sherlock Holmes.
6: Oh, well, who did you wish to see, Mr. Holmes? Oh,
3: thank you so much, Mr. Chetwood. I had myself announced by the butler on my way up.
6: Uh, the butler? I didn't... uh, Very well.
5: Oh, here he is. Uh, uh, Yes, Judson? Miss Faulkner begs Mr. Holmes to excuse her. She's not well enough to see anyone this evening.
3: Uh, Will you please hand this card to Miss Faulkner and say that I I have... I
6: beg your pardon, Mr. Holmes, but it's quite useless. Really. Oh.
3: Well, I'm so sorry to hear it.
6: Yes. Miss Faulkner is, I regret to say, quite an invalid. She's unable to see anyone. Her health is so poor.
3: Mm, Has it ever occurred to you, Mr. Chetwood, that she might be confined to the house too much?
6: How does that concern you? Oh, it doesn't.
3: Simply made the suggestion might like to think it over Hmm. Uh, what's your butler's name
5: go on judson sir
3: Uh, very well judson Uh, go on take my
6: card up very good sir (laughs) well this is really too good why of course he can take up your card or your note or whatever it is if you wish it so much i was only trying to save you the trouble Uh, thanks
3: it's hardly any trouble at all to send up a card
6: Do you know, Mr. Holmes, you interest me very much? Ah, really? Upon my word, yes. We've all heard of your wonderful methods, the astonishing manner in which you gain information from the most trifling details. (laughs) Now, I dare say, in this brief moment or two, you've discovered any number of things about me. Oh, nothing of
3: consequence, Mr. Chetwood. I hardly more than ask myself why you were so distressed to see me at this particular moment. What? And what there can possibly be about this safe in the lower part of that desk to cause you such painful anxiety.
6: <laughs> oh, very good. Very good indeed. If those things were only true now, I'd be wonderfully impressed. It would be hmm. absolutely remarkable. Excuse
5: me, sir. Oh, uh,
6: yes, Judson. A message for you, Mr. Chetwood. Thank you. Uh, you'll excuse me, I trust? Of course. It's from uh Miss Faulkner Well, really. She begs to be allowed to see you, Mr Holmes. She absolutely implores it. Well, I suppose I shall have to give way. Judson, ask Miss Faulkner to come down to the drawing room. Say that Mr Holmes is waiting to see her. Very good, sir. Quite remarkable upon my soul. Uh, May I ask, if it's not an impertinent question, what message you sent up that could so have aroused Miss Faulkner's desire to come down? Oh, Uh,
3: merely that if she wasn't down here in five minutes, I'd go up.
6: Oh, Uh, that was it?
3: Yes, quite so. And, unless I am greatly mistaken, I hear the young lady on the stairs, in which case she has a minute and a half to
0: spare. Uh,
6: Alice! That is, Miss Faulkner. Uh, Let me introduce Mr. Sherlock Holmes. Mr.
7: Holmes!
3: Ah, Miss Faulkner.
7: I'm really most charmed to meet you, although it does look as if you'd made me come down in spite of myself, doesn't it?
3: I thank you very much indeed for consenting to see me, Miss Faulkner, but regret to observe that you were put to the trouble of making such a... Very rapid change of dress.
7: (laughs) Oh, yes, I did hurry in a trifle, I confess. You look lovely. (laughs) Mr. Holmes is quite living up to his reputation, isn't he, Freddy? Yes, he is. Come in.
5: Yes, ma'am? What are you doing here, Judson? I beg pardon, ma'am, I was answering the bell. What bell?
6: The drawing room bell, sir. (sighs) What do you mean, you blockhead? No one rang the bell. I'm quite sure it was rung, sir. Well, I tell you, it did not ring.
3: Your butler is right, Mr. Chetwood. The bell did ring.
6: How do you know? I rang it. You? What
3: do you want? I want to send my car to the real Miss Faulkner. The real? I said the real Miss Faulkner. Uh, what? Judson?
6: Yes, sir? And Holmes, what right have you to ring for servants and give orders in my house?
3: Well, what right have you to prevent my cars from reaching their destination? And how does it happen that you and this woman are resorting to trickery and deceit to prevent me from seeing Alice Faulkner? <laughs>
6: please.
3: Through some trifling oversight, Judson, neither of the cards I handed you have been delivered. Kindly see that this error does not occur again.
5: My order, sir. Aha! You have orders. I can't say, sir. You
3: were told not to deliver my card.
5: What business is it of yours I'd like to know?
3: I shall satisfy your curiosity on that point in a very short time, Mr. Chetwood.
6: Yes. And you'll find out in a very short time that it isn't safe to meddle with me. Why, it wouldn't be any trouble at all for me to throw you out into the streets.
3: Possibly not, but trouble would swiftly follow such an experiment on your part.
6: It's a cursed lucky thing for you I'm not armed.
3: Yes. Well, when Miss Faulkner comes down, you go and arm yourself.
6: Arm myself? I'll call the police. What's more, I'll do it now. Oh, no, you will not
3: do it now. You will remain where you are until the lady I came here to see has entered this room. What makes you so sure of that? Because you would prefer to avoid an investigation of your suspicious conduct, Mr. James Larrabee. (laughs) Larrabee? That is the name under which you are known to Scotland Yard, I believe, Mr. Chetwood. This lady here is your wife. Me? As to you, Judson, you will either deliver that card to Miss Faulkner at once... I'll sleep in the police station tonight. What? It's a matter of small consequence to me, which you do.
5: Shall
6: I... Shall I go, sir? Mm. Go on, take up the card. Makes no difference to me.
3: Hmm. A short time since, Larrabee. You displayed an acute anxiety to leave the room. Pray, do not let me detain you, or your wife, any longer. No? Well, oh, I take it you prefer to remain while I talk to Miss Faulkner?
6: We do, Mr. Holmes. Ah, at last. Miss
3: Faulkner.
8: This is Mr. Holmes? Yes. You wish to see me?
3: Very much indeed, Miss Faulkner. Oh, but I'm sorry to see that you are far from well. Uh, No, I... No? I beg your pardon. What does this mark mean?
8: Oh, Nothing. Nothing? No.
3: And the mark here on your neck, plainly showing the clutch of a man's fingers... Does that mean nothing also? It occurs to me that I should like to have an explanation of this. Possibly you can
6: furnish one, Mr. Larrabee? How should I know?
3: It would seem to have occurred in your own
6: house. What if it did? You'd better understand that it isn't healthy for you or anyone else to interfere with my business.
3: Aha! Well, then it is your business. We have that much at least. Pray, be seated, Miss Faulkner.
8: I don't know who you are, Mr. Holmes, or why you're here.
3: I shall be very glad indeed to explain. My business is this. I've been consulted as to the possibility of obtaining from you certain letters addressed to your sister, which are supposed to be in your possession.
8: <laughs> I cannot give up my sister's letters, Mr. Holmes. There are other things besides revenge. There is punishment. Believe me, Miss Faulkner. There is nothing more to say. Good night, Mr. Holmes. But my
3: dear Miss Faulkner. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, how clumsy of me to
9: overturn this. Oh, chair. Mommy, geez,
7: what are you doing? <laughs>
4: Don't
3: alarm yourself, Miss Faulkner. There is no fire.
8: There's no the fire. The fire?
3: The smoke was all arranged for.
8: Arranged for? What does it mean, Mr.
3: Holmes? It means this, Miss Faulkner. It means that I wanted a package of letters, Miss Faulkner, and that by following your eyes just now when you thought there was a fire, I discovered that you'd hidden them in the upholstery of this chair. No. Ah, yes. Quite elementary, as you see. And now that they are in my possession, there seems to be no reason for me to remain any longer in this house. Good night, Miss Faulkner. Miss
8: Faulkner? Yes? Yes.
3: I... I can't take them, Miss Faulkner. These letters belong to you. I find that I cannot keep them. Unless you can possibly change your mind and let me have them of your own free will.
8: I'm sorry, Mr. Holmes. Uh,
3: Well, I hardly suppose you could. I will therefore return them to you and... uh, Oh, well, here's our friend, Mr. Larrabee, returning from the fire.
6: So, you've got the letters, have you? Now I suppose we're going to see you walk right out of the house with them. On the
3: contrary. You're going to see me return them to their rightful owner. Miss Faulkner, here are your letters. Should you ever change your mind and be so generous and so forgiving as to wish to return these letters to the one who wrote them, you have my address.
6: Oh, please.
3: In any event, rest assured there will be no more cruelty, no more persecution in this house.
8: Thank you, Mr. Holmes.
3: You are perfectly safe with your property, Miss Faulkner, for I shall so arrange it, that your faintest cry of distress will be heard. And if that cry is heard, it will be very unfortunate for those who are responsible. As for you, Mr. Larrabee, <laughs> and you, madam, <laughs> I beg you to understand that you continue your persecution of that young lady at your peril. <laughs> Good night.
6: Mm. Miss Faulkner? Come here, Miss Faulkner. Now. Are you going to give me those letters? No, never! Are you going to give me those letters? Now then! Be careful, Jim! Shut up! Now then, Miss Faulkner. Do you give me those letters or do I break your arm? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's that?
7: Someone knocked on the door. No, it was on that side. Did you call, madam? I think someone knocked, Judson.
5: I'll see, madam. I beg pardon, madam, but there's no one at the door.
7: Very well. You may go.
6: He's got us watched. What we want to do now is leave it alone. Let the emperor have it. Do you mean Professor Moriarty? That's who I mean. Once let him get at it, he'll sell it with Holmes pretty quick. Now, don't you worry a minute. I tell you, Professor Moriarty will get at him before noon tomorrow night. He won't wait long either. And when he strikes, it means death.
10: Number?
9: 82. V. 71. Correct.
10: Moriarty speaking. Come in, Basic. Your report, coming from Manning.
9: The whole thing was a trap, set and baited by an expert.
10: And Manning?
9: Manning has disappeared.
10: Disappeared? Mm. Sherlock Holmes again. And now this Larrabee job, he's in on that too. And that's where he's made his mistake. Mr. Holmes is playing a rather dangerous game, Bessick. Inspector Wilson tried it seven years ago. Wilson is dead! (laughs) Two years later, Henderson took it up. We haven't heard anything of Henderson lately, eh?
9: (laughs) Not a thing, sir.
10: Hmm. You've seen about that. This Holmes is a rather talented man. He doesn't realize there isn't a street in London that'll be safe for him if I whisper his name to Crane. I might even make him a little call myself, just for the satisfaction of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just for the satisfaction of it. Baker Street, isn't it? His place. Baker Street, eh?
9: Baker Street, sir.
10: We could make it safe. We could make it absolutely safe for three streets in every direction.
9: Yes, sir. But
10: we could. We've done it over and over again elsewhere police decoyed men in every doorway do this tonight in baker street at nine o'clock call his attendants out on one pretext or another and keep them out you understand Mm. i'll see the sherlock holmes myself i'll give him a chance for his life but basic yes sir notify the Lasker that i may require the gas chamber at stephanie tomorrow night and have crane there at a quarter before ten with his crew Mm. tell Larrabee i shall want him to write a letter to mr sherlock holmes which i shall dictate Meet me here at seven. And, Bassick. Sir. Place your men at nine tonight for Sherlock Holmes' house in Baker Street.
9: You'll still go there yourself, sir?
10: I will still go there myself.
9: But this meeting tonight, sir, to get him in the gas chamber...
10: If I fail to kill him in Baker Street, we'll have him in Swandham Lane. Either way, I have him, Bassick. Two strings to our bow. Two strings. Eh,
2: <laughs> Eh, <A> Bassick. <laughs> That evening, Holmes and I dined together at Scott's in Piccadilly Circus. After dinner, we went to a concert at Queen's Hall. I can still see him on this particular night of the Moriarty case, well knowing that his life was in peril. Sitting beside me in the stalls, wrapped in the most perfect happiness, listening to Sarasate play the violin, gently waving his long, thin fingers in time to the music. When it was over, he rose, put on his long coat, and started with long steps in the direction of the street. Come, my
3: dear Watson, let's go home to Baker Street. I have an idea that very soon we shall be receiving a most interesting visit. Oh?
2: In front of Queen's Hall, we hailed a hansom, and, as we came down Baker Street... We could see that the light was burning on the second floor of 221B. We went up the dark, narrow stairs.
4: Mr. Holmes?
2: The boy, Billy, was waiting for us.
4: Mr. Holmes? Uh,
2: Yes, what is it?
4: Miss Hudson's compliments, sir, and she wants to know if she can see you.
3: Well, where is Mrs Hudson?
4: Downstairs in the kitchen, sir.
3: Well, my compliments, and I don't think she can, from where she is.
4: (laughs) She'll be very sorry, sir. (laughs) Oh,
3: our regret will be mutual.
4: It was most terrible important, sir, saying as Hmm? she wants to know what you'll have for breakfast in the morning.
3: Uh, The same.
4: Uh, uh, Same as when, sir?
3: This morning.
4: But... You didn't have nothing, sir. You wasn't here.
3: And I won't be here tomorrow.
4: Yes, sir. Was that all? Quite so. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Oh, Mr. Holmes. Mm? Is that a for you, sir, on the table? Delivered ten minutes ago.
3: Mm, read it, Watson. There's a good fellow. While I put on my dressing gown. Yes.
2: <clears throat> Dear sir... Uh, who thus addresses me? Why, uh, hmm, James Larrabee. And what has James to say this evening? <clears throat> Dear sir... Oh, I hope he won't say that again. <laughs> I have the honor to inform you that Miss Faulkner has changed her mind regarding the letters, etc., which you wish to obtain, and has decided to dispose of them for a monetary consideration. Mm-hmm. If you wish to negotiate... Will you be at nine o'clock at the guard's monument at the foot of Waterloo Place? You will see a four-wheeler with wooden shutters to the windows. If you have the cab followed, or try any other underhand trick, you won't get what you want. Let me know your decision. Yours truly, James Larrabee. (coughs) (laughs) Mine truly. Well, later perhaps. What does the fellow mean? Uh, The fellow means to sell me a base
3: imitation uh, for a large sum of money. Of certain letters that he does not possess. Hmm. I shall probably buy them from him. Now, uh, see if I have the points. Of course. Tonight, 11 o'clock, mm-hmm. guard's monument. Mm-hmm. Cab with wooden shutters. Uh,
2: no one to come with me, no one to follow, mm-hmm. or I don't get what I want. You're quite right. Ha-ha! But this cab with the wooden shutters... Oh,
3: merely a little device to keep me from seeing where they're taking me. All right. Billo! Give this to the man that... It
4: was a woman, sir.
3: Oh? Young or old?
4: You're quite young, sir.
3: In a handsome?
4: Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Four-wheeler, sir. Have you seen
3: the driver before?
4: Yes, sir. Uh, But I can't think where.
3: Mm, Well, hand this to the lady, apologize for the delay, and look at the driver again.
4: Yes, sir.
2: But, my dear Holmes, you didn't say you would go. But I certainly did. But this fellow means mischief. This fellow means the same.
4: <sighs> I, I beg pardon, sir. Mm. A message has come over from a chemist on the corner to say a man has been hit by a bus. What? Oh, dear. Looks like his leg's broke. And would Dr. Watson, call you step over and help till the ambulance comes?
2: Y- yes, certainly. Of, of course. I'll go at once. <laughs> I'll be back in a minute, Holmes. Of course. Uh, Billy? Uh, yes, sir? Who brought that message?
4: Boy from Chemist, sir.
3: Yes, of course, of course. But which boy?
4: Mm, Must have been a new one, sir. I ain't seen him before.
3: Billy, get downstairs quickly. Look after the doctor. If the boy's gone and there's a man with him, it means mischief. (gasps) Let me know. Don't stop to come up. (gasps) Ring the doorbell. I'll hear it. Uh, Ring it loud.
4: Yes, sir.
10: It's a dangerous habit, Mr. Holmes, to finger-loaded firearms in the pocket of one's dressing
1: gown.
3: I give you my word, Professor Moriarty. You'll be taken from here to the hospital if you keep your hand behind you like that. Ah, that's better. Hm. In that case, please put your revolver on the table. Very well. You evidently don't know me. I think it's quite evident that I do. Pray, have a chair, Professor. Thank you. I can spare you five minutes. That is, if you have anything to say. Careful. What were you about to do, Professor Moriarty? Look at my watch. I'll let you know when your five minutes is up.
10: Is it your intention to pursue this case against me?
3: That is my intention. To the very end.
10: I regret this. Not so much on my own account,
3: but on yours. Oh, I share your regret, Professor. But solely because of the rather uncomfortable position will cause you to occupy.
10: May I inquire as to what position you are pleased to elude, Mr. Holmes?
3: I refer to the position you will occupy at the end of a rope, Professor Moriarty.
10: And have you the faintest idea that you'd be permitted to live to see that day?
3: As to that, I do not particularly care, so that I bring you to see it.
10: <laughs> You'll never bring me to see it. Do you think that I would be here if I hadn't made the streets quite safe in every respect?
3: Oh, I could never so grossly overestimate your courage as that, Professor Moriarty.
10: Do you imagine that your friend, the doctor, and your boy, Billy, will soon return? What? So, it leaves us quite alone, doesn't it, sir? <laughs> quite alone. So that we can talk the matter over quietly, Mr. Holmes, and not be disturbed. In the first place, I wish to call your attention to a few memoranda which I've... Mm. jotted down. And which you will find... Ah! Here they are. Look
3: out! Look out! Don't do that! Get your hands down quickly! A little further away from that memorandum book you're talking about.
10: I was merely about to take out a small notebook.
3: Well, merely don't do it. I don't want it. I got one of my own. If you want it, uh, we'll have someone get it for you. I always like to save my guests unnecessary trouble.
10: I observe that your boy doesn't answer the bell.
3: No, but I have an idea that he will before long.
10: It may possibly be longer than you think, Mr. Holmes.
3: What? That boy?
10: Yes, that boy. At least we'll
3: try the bell once more, Professor.
10: Doesn't it occur to you that he may possibly have been detained, Mr. Holmes? It does,
3: Professor. But it also occurs to me that you're in very much the same predicament, Professor Moriarty.
7: Mm. How? Ah.
4: Someone tried to own me, sir.
3: It's quite evident, however, that he failed to do so.
4: Indeed. Yes, sir. He's got my coat, sir, but he ain't got me.
3: (laughs) Ah, yes. Well, Billy. (sighs) Yes, sir. Billy, the gentleman I am carefully pointing out to you with this Mm forty-five desires to have us get something out of his left hand inside coat pocket. Mm -hmm. As he's not feeling quite himself today, and the consequence of his trying to do it himself might prove fatal, Mm
4: -hmm. I
3: suggest you attend to it for him.
4: Yes, sir. Is this it?
3: This gun? Uh, Quite so, quite so, yes. uh, Put it on the table. Uh, uh, No, uh, not there, Billy, no. On this table, where I can reach it. That's more like it. That's all, Billy.
4: Shall I see if he's got another one? Why,
3: Billy, you surprise me. After the gentleman has taken the trouble to inform us that he hasn't.
4: Uh, When, sir?
3: When he made a snatch for this one. And now, Professor... Now that we have your little memorandum book, Mm. do you think of anything else you'd like before Billy goes? Mm. Any little thing that you have got that you don't want? (sighs)
4: So
3: sorry. That's all, Billy.
4: Thank you, sir.
10: Listen, Holmes, to me. On the 4th of January, you crossed my path. On the 23rd, you incommoded me. And now, at the close of April, I find myself placed in such a position through your continual interference that I'm in positive danger of losing my liberty!
7: Hmm.
3: Well, have you any suggestions to make?
10: No, I have no suggestions to make! I have a fact to state. If you don't drop it at once, your life's not worth that.
3: Well, I am afraid, Professor... ...that in the pleasure of this conversation, I am neglecting more important business. Mm. Uh, if you'll excuse me a moment while I get my pipe off the mantelpiece here?
10: Of course. I came here this evening, Mr. Holmes, to see if peace could not be arranged between us.
3: Mm. Mm, yeah, quite so, quite so.
10: You have seen fit not only to reject my proposals, but to make insulting references coupled with threats of arrest. You've been warned of your danger. You don't mm. heed that warning. Perhaps you'll we'll hear this! Up with your hands, Mr. Holmes! Up with them, I.
7: What?! Hmm.
3: Didn't imagine I'd leave that gun loaded, did you, Professor Moriarty? Hmm. Oh, here are your cartridges. Mm. I didn't suppose you'd want to use that gun again, so I took them out while you were talking and put them in my pocket. You'll find them all there, Professor.
10: Joy! Uh,
4: Billy! Yes, sir? Uh,
3: Would you please show Professor Moriarty the door?
4: Yes, sir. This way, sir. Mm. Don't ever
10: say I didn't warn you, Mr. Holmes.
3: Uh, No, no, Professor Moriarty, no. I never will. Billy, come here.
4: Yes, sir?
1: Billy? Hmm?
4: Billy, you're a good boy. (laughs)
0: Thank you,
3: sir.
0: You are listening to Eastern Nazarene College's Theater for Social Justice program presentation of Orson Welles and QATV All in the Air and Sherlock Holmes with Joe Towns in the title role and Jonathan Twining as Dr. Watson. You have just heard part one. We begin shortly with part two. We pause a moment for the station identification. This is the Quincy Access Broadcasting System. We continue now with part two of tonight's show. In the role of Leary, Emma McDonald. Thank you, sir. In the role of Madge, Melissa Myers. Pleasure. In the role of Brassic, Brendan Smith.
9: Thanks for the gig.
0: In the role of Billy, Serena, Crazy Papa. Happy to be here. In the role of Alice, Jenna Nielsen. Pleasure to see you again. In the role of Driver, Shane Gillett. Happy morning to you. In the role of Moriarty, Emily Bloodsworth. Delighted to return. In the role of Parsons, Mackenzie Gorman. Honored to be here. In the role of James Larby, Katie Wallen.
6: Welcome back, everyone.
0: In the role of Instructor Foreman, Emily Berry. Delighted. In the role of Mackintosh Alana McDermott. Yeah! In the role of Cragen, Wesley Paul. Thanks! Thanks a lot! In the role of John Watson, Jonathan Twining. Pleasure
2: to see you again.
0: And in the role of Sherlock Holmes, Joe Towns.
3: I hope you continue to have a lovely evening.
2: It was exactly 9 o'clock when Sherlock Holmes left the house in Baker Street. He had given the strictest instructions that no one was to follow him. If there had been no word from him by noon of the following day, we must notify Scotland Yard. I went to the window and looked after him as he went down Baker Street. A tall, thin figure, a grey ulster, walking with long, smooth steps in the direction of Langham Place. There he entered a cab.
7: it. There might be gas, you fool. There ain't
1: no gas. It's been four days since we had gas in the room.
4: Yeah? I still say there might be gas.
1: Did you check
4: it? I will. Here goes. Ready? Give her a turn. Uh, uh, that'll do. Turn her off. Five minutes of that. All your troubles are ended. Here. What's that? Bassett.
9: That's right, Cragen. Is that you, Leary?
4: Yes, sir. Tag? Yes, sir.
9: Be careful now, you boys. We've got a tough one tonight.
4: Y- you ain't say who,
1: as I've heard. Yeah, who?
9: Sherlock Holmes.
1: Who? Oh, uh-huh. y- you mean that, sir?
9: God's truth.
1: We're gonna count out Holmes?
9: Well, if you don't and he gets away, <laughs> I'm sorry for you. That's all. Oh, are oh, we Shh, shh, shh. The governor's here.
1: Not the governor
9: himself. Shut up.
1: Oh. Where's
10: Craig? Uh, here, sir. Got your full crew? All here, sir. No mistakes tonight, Craig. Uh, I'll be careful of that, sir. This is Larrabee. Hello. He's in on this job.
9: Hello, Larrabee. Hello. Hello, sir. Mm.
10: What's that door, Bassac?
9: A small cupboard, sir. No outlet? None whatsoever, sir. That window. Nailed down, sir.
10: A man might break the glass.
9: If he did, he'd come up against heavy iron bars outside.
10: We'll have him tied down
9: before he can break any glass, sir.
1: Mm.
10: Yeah. Oh, you've used it before, eh? Of course you know it's airtight.
9: Every crevice is sealed, sir.
10: When the men ever turn the gas on him, they leave by this door? Yes, sir. It can be made quite secure?
9: Heavy bolts on the outside, sir. Solid oak bars overall.
10: Let me see how quick you can operate them.
9: They tie a man down, sir. There's no need to hurry.
10: Let me see how quick you can operate Mm -hmm.
9: them! Leary.
5: Yes, sir. That's...
10: That's good. Open it back up. Now, Crane. And the rest of you. One thing, remember... Whatever happens, no shooting tonight. Not a single shot. Aww. It can be heard in the alley below. The first thing is to get his revolver away before he has a chance to use it. Two of you attract his attention in front. The other come up on him from behind and snatch it out of his pocket. Yes, sir. Then you have him. Arrange that, crane. I'll attend to it, sir. Mr. Larrabee, you understand? They wait for you. I understand, sir. I give you this opportunity to sell him the packet of letters you forged and get what you can for your trouble. A few hundred pounds doesn't interest me, Mr. Larrabee. What I am after is holes.
6: I understand, sir.
10: When you've finished and got your money, you whistle. And these gentlemen come in. Let's hear it. (coughs) You hear that, Craig? That's right. And, Craig, at the proper moment, present my compliments to Mr. Sherlock Holmes. And say that I wished him a pleasant journey to the other side. Hmm. Come on, Bassick. Good night, gentlemen. Good 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 night, night. night,
4: sir.
10: Good night, Larrabee.
6: Good night, sir. (sighs) All right, boys. Clear? When you hear the whistle, in you come. Right you are, sir. Leary? Yes, sir? You get down on the corner below and let me know when he comes.
0: How will I let you know. Well
6: when you see him driving up, come up down the alley and whistle three times. Very good, sir. Good.
7: Here uh, What's this? <laughs> no, let me go!
0: What? Stop! What's How going did on you right
7: go? What are you no, doing no, in the what? back
0: No, A woman! Get in the back! Bring her in! Oh, come on, you! Come on!
6: Oh so it's you, Miss Faulkner It's true then. How did you get to this place? I followed you in a cab. What have you been doing since I came up here? Informing the police, perhaps?
8: No, I was afraid he'd come, so I waited. To warn him, I suppose. Yes, to warn him, yes. You're going to swindle and deceive him. Sell him a packet of false letters, I know that. Oh, please. What else are
6: you going to do to him? Wouldn't you like to know? Where are those men who came up here? What men? Three terrible-looking men. I saw them go in at the street door. You don't mean... These men do you, Miss Faulkner? Come on, boys. No, no, right. no, no. tie her no, up. No, blood. no, 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 no. Tie No, up! Come on! no, no. Listen, listen. Shh, listen. <laughs> that's him. There he is now. Uh, what, Holmes? Yes, that that's him. That's the signal. Uh, we won't have time to get her out. Shut her in there. No, in the no, cupboard. no please, stop. please stop, stop, it stop it. Please, stop it. Stop Into the cupboard! Let's go! There ain't no lock to this cupboard door! drive something in there! Here! this
7: here
6: we go. That'll hold her. Now, get out! Quick! All all go! go. Oh, (laughs) good evening, Mr. Holmes.
5: Ah,
3: Mr. Larrabee. (laughs) Well, now, really... I certainly thought, after all this driving about in a closed cab, you'd show me something new.
6: Uh, seen it before, have you, Mr. Holmes?
3: Well, a time or two. Now that I come to think of it, I nabbed a friend of yours in this place while he was trying to drop himself out of the window.
6: Oh? Uh,
3: Ned Colvin, the cracksman.
6: Colvin. Uh, Colvin. I never heard of him before.
3: Well, you certainly never heard of him after, I'm sure of that. (laughs) Abrasive counterfeiters used these luxurious chambers in the spring of 89. Uh, One of them hid in that cupboard. Oh? We pulled him out by the heels.
6: Uh, quite interesting. But, uh, times have changed since then.
3: Ah, so they have, Mr. Larrabee, so they have. Then it was only cracksmen, counterfeiters, pickpockets, and petty swindlers of various kinds, but now... Uh,
6: well, what now?
3: Well, between you and me, Mr. Larrabee, we've heard some not altogether agreeable rumors... Oh. Rumors of some pretty shady work not far from here. A murder or two of a very peculiar kind. I've always had a suspicion. Hmm. Yes, that's it. My surmise was correct. It is.
6: It is what?
3: This room is corked Sealed.
6: Uh, what does that signify to us? Oh,
3: nothing to ask, Mr. Larrabee, nothing to ask. But it might signify a good deal to some poor devil who's been caught and gassed in this trap.
6: Well, if it's nothing to us, uh, suppose we leave it alone and get to business? My time is limited.
3: Of course. I should have realized that these reflections could not possibly appeal to you.
6: Quite so. Uh, Smoke? Hmm? Have a cigar, Mr. Holmes. Ah, thank
3: you. A good cigar, this, Mr. Larrabee. Thank you. Ah, yes. A genuine
6: Havana. Ah, Glad you like it. Uh, now, uh, here is the little packet of letters, which is the object of this meeting. Mm. I haven't opened it yet, but Miss Faulkner tells me everything is there. Uh,
3: suppose, Miss that that is, Miss Faulkner knows nothing about this affair. We omit her name from the discussion.
6: What do you mean? Who told you she doesn't know? Uh, you did.
3: Every look... Tone, gesture, everything you've said and done since I've been in this room has informed me that Miss Faulkner has never consented to this transaction. Please. It is a little speculation of your own.
6: Oh? I suppose you think you can read me like a book?
3: Oh, no, no. Like a primer.
6: Well, let it pass. How much will you give?
3: A thousand pounds. I
6: couldn't take it. What do you ask? Five thousand. I couldn't give it. I've been offered four thousand for this little packet! Oh,
3: Why didn't you take it? Because
6: I intended to get more.
3: Oh, that's too bad. They offered four
6: thousand! They'll give five?
3: They won't give anything.
6: Why not?
3: They've turned the case over to
6: me. Oh. Uh, Will you give three thousand? Mr.
3: Larrabee, strange as it may appear, my time is limited as well as yours. I have brought with me the sum of one thousand pounds, which is all that I wish to pay. If it's your desire to sell at this figure, kindly appraise me of the fact at once. If not, permit me to wish you a very good evening. Well?
6: You can have it. It's too small a matter to haggle over. Give me the money. Ah, certainly. Oh, I thought you said you'd only brought just a thousand. No, I did. This is it. You brought a trifle more, I see. Ah, yes, quite so. I didn't say I
3: hadn't brought any more. Oh, you can do your little tricks when it comes to it, can't you? Depends on who, it I'm, who I'm dealing with. Here, you give me that money. Come on, quick, hand it over. Ah. Oh. Mm. Yes, now I've got you where I want you, oh. James Larrabee! You've been so cunning and so cautious and so wise, we couldn't find a thing to hold you for. But this little slip will get you in for robbery.
6: No, you'll have me in, will you? Mm. What are your views about being able to get away from here yourself?
3: Uh, I do not anticipate any particular difficulty.
6: Uh, uh, Robbery, why, why, even if you got away from here, you haven't got a witness. You haven't got a witness to your name.
3: Oh, I'm not so sure of that, Mr. Larrabee. Not so sure of that. Uh, Do you usually fasten this cupboard door with a knife? No,
6: Holmes. (laughs) Come away from that door! Come away from the cabinet!
3: Holmes! Miss Faulkner! Uh,
6: <laughs> Stand back!
3: You contemptible scoundrel, what does this mean? I'll show you what it means! Curse quick! <whistles> no, I'm afraid you're badly hurt, Miss Faulkner! Look
8: at boys! Get him, Get
6: him, yeah. boys!
3: I'll have to ask you, gentlemen, to wait just oh, one moment, please.
6: What? Here there, what's the idea of sitting down and writing? Uh, what are you writing? Writing your will, I suppose? Yeah.
10: Uh,
3: no, no, no. Yeah. Only a brief description of one or two of you, gentlemen. Uh, for the police.
1: Description?
3: Huh? What? Oh. Uh, yes, I'm ready now.
1: Wait a bit! You better listen to me, Mr. Holmes. We're going to tie you down nice and tight to the top of that table.
3: Oh, why, you surprise me, gentlemen, thinking you're so sure of anybody in this room. And three bars gone out of that window. Huh? Bars are no
6: bars. You're not going to get out of here as easy as you expect.
3: There are so many ways, Mr. Littleby, that I hardly know which one to choose.
6: Well, you better choose quick. I can tell you that. I'll
3: choose at once, Mr. Crane. And my choice falls on this
1: chair. <laughs> oh,
9: my God.
1: No. Oh, The light. Oh, he's coming. getting away, you oh, oh, guys. Look at look him. The cigar. i trace him oh, by the cigar. Him. cigar. Look out. He's going for the window. Oh,
6: he's up on the
3: gentlemen, no. Not by the window. I'm leaving by the door. Uh, by the way, I left my cigar for you on the sill. <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, come along, Miss Faulkner.
2: There was no news of Holmes that night, and Billy reported the next morning that he had not breakfasted at home. I had a busy morning myself at my office in Harley Street, It was after eleven before the last of my appointments was over, and still no news of Holmes.
0: Did you ring, Dr. Watson?
2: Oh, yes, Parsons. Is anyone there waiting? I have to be in Baker Street at noon.
0: There's one person in the waiting room, Doctor, a Mm. lady, sir, and she wants to see you, most particular. And what about? She didn't say, sir, only that it was of the utmost importance to her, sir, if you'd see her.
2: Oh, very well. I'll see her. And call a cab for me at the same time and have it wait. Please show the lady in.
0: Yes, sir. Right this way, ma'am, right this way. Ah, doctor!
7: It's awfully good of you to see me! I'm Mrs. D. Witt Seton. Dear me, I didn't bring my card case. Or if I did, I'd lost it.
2: Please don't trouble trouble about a card, Mrs. Seton.
7: They said you were Mr. Holmes, friend. Several people told me that. Several. Mm. They advised me to ask you where I could find him today. This morning. And everything depends on it, Doctor. Everything.
2: Well, I'd go to Mr. Holmes at once.
7: But I've been. I've been and he wasn't there.
2: You went to Mr. Holmes's house?
7: Yes, in Baker Street. That's why I came to you. They said he might be here.
2: <sighs> no, he isn't here.
7: But don't you expect him this morning?
2: No. No. There's no possibility of Mr. Holmes coming, as far as I know.
7: But couldn't you get him to come? It'd be such a great favor to me. I'm almost worn out with going about, and with this dreadful anxiety. If you could get word to Mr. Holmes to come.
2: I could not get him to come, madam, and I beg you to excuse me. I'm going out myself on urgent business. I have no idea where Mr. Holmes could be. He could be- Look out! Look out! What was that, Parsons?
0: Uh, sounded like an accident, sir.
2: <sighs> Probably nothing more than a broken-down hansom. <coughs> see what to this, Parsons. If
0: that's the bell, sir, somebody's there, sir, and they're wanting you. Well,
2: don't allow anybody to come in. I don't have time.
0: Very well, sir. But they're coming in, Doctor! I've got
2: no more time. Let the old
0: come in, can't you? The Doctor can't see anybody. What kind of a doctor's office is this? What he can't come in when he's hurt!
5: We had to bring him in. There ain't nowhere else for him to go. They help him in, parcels.
7: Right, oh, right. right.
2: Help oh him oh in, parcels. Oh, doctor.
7: Isn't it oh frightful? Oh Can I be of some use? None
2: whatsoever, madam.
7: But, doctor, I must see the poor fellow. We My leg, my leg. Oh, right this way, sir. So. be careful
1: of the sill, sir. So that's it. Yeah, it was an accident. You can't help an accident. You can't. That's plain enough. He was on the wrong side of the street. <laughs> pretty was.
0: <laughs> no. uh, over to this right. chair. Uh, no, no, down. I'll sit here. No, no, this is the chair, sir. Uh, don't you
9: suppose I know where I want to sit
1: down? All right, no. you'll sit down here. But that isn't the doctor. Now the doctor will have a look at you. Here's the doctor. Uh, that isn't a doctor. I yes, am most certainly a doctor. A doctor. Here, doctor, you come have a look at this old bloke, will you? All right. He hurt itself a little Are no, you okay. the cabman? man? <sighs> Yes, I'm the captain. Well, I'll have you arrested for this. <laughs> arrested? Arrested, arrested, arrested. You can't arrest me. No, I can't, but somebody else can. Where's my Here hat? Where's <sighs> my hat? My hat. Now hold your hat. I will mind my hat, and I'll hold you responsible. <laughs> Please sit Here's down. your hat in your oh. hand. Go on and sit oh, down. No,
2: this isn't my hat. Here, you're responsible. I'll have you arrested. They've come back!
1: I can't stick around here, you know.
2: I, I understand. You but, mm. Bring your horse in here! You he will not bring his horse I in want here. to speak to him. I... <laughs> oh, no, it's a conspiracy. It's I will stay in this place if I ever get out of here alive. Uh, what are you staring at me for, lady? It's me, no. Parsons, oh please tell that cab oh to wait for me. D- no. I have to see if he's badly hurt. Yes, sir. No. All right, no. my friend. No. If you'll sit oh, quiet for a oh, moment, please, please. I'll have a look at you. All no, right? No, no, get away! Stay still, no, will you? Just, how can you help I help you? you remarkable,
3: to... remarkable weather we're having, eh, Doctor? Holmes? What on earth uh, are you? How about helping me remove some of this ridiculous disguise, Watson? Of course, but Holmes, is is that you? <laughs> oh, quite so, my dear fellow, quite so.
2: Holmes?
3: Watson? Watson! Uh, don't oh, let
2: me get slow. to that window! Look out! Blind!
3: I've got to get out
2: of here. <laughs> What do you want me to do? Oh,
3: nothing. It's already been done by Mrs. Larrabee here.
2: Look out, the post! She can get off that way. No,
3: I don't think so, Watson. Let's go, Foreman.
2: I've got her, sir. Let's
3: go. Uh, good work, Foreman. Now take this lady in charge. Yes, sir. Ah, very good, Foreman. Wait for me outside. Yes, sir. Ah, Watson, my dear fellow, I regret to say that up to the present time, Professor Moriarty himself has not risen to the bait. Hmm. And where do you think he is? In the open streets, under some clever disguise, watching for a chance to get at me. Mm. And this woman was sent in here to... Yes, quite so, quite so. A spy. Ah. To let them know by some signal if she'd found me in the house. Well, now they know. Now pull down that blind Watson I don't care to be shot at from the street. Yes, of course. I imagine we shall hear from Professor Moriarty very soon now. Yes, what would I tell you? Yes, what is it?
7: He's come,
4: sir.
3: Yeah, from where?
4: The house across the street. He was in there watching these windows. He must have seen something for he's mm. just come out. It was a cab waiting in front of his house, sir, and he's climbed up and changed places with the driver.
3: Yeah, Get out again quick, Billy, and keep your eye on him.
4: Yes, sir. Thank you, sir.
3: Uh, Watson, can you let me
2: have a rather heavy portmanteau for a few moments? I won't do it any harm. Of course. Parsons! My large gladstone over there in the corner. Uh, Can you bring it here, please?
0: Yes, sir. Uh, Here you are, sir. Here's the portmanteau.
2: Thank you very much.
3: Ah, Thank you, Parsons. Uh, Put it down there. Yes. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, Parsons, you ordered a cab for the doctor a short time ago. It's been waiting, I believe.
0: Uh, Yes, sir. I I think it has, sir.
3: Uh, Be so good as to tell the driver to come in here and get the valets. Uh, When he comes, tell him that's the one.
0: Very good, sir.
3: My dear Watson, yes? in times like these, you should tell your man never to take the first cab that comes on call, nor yet the second. Hmm. The third may be safe. But, but Holmes, I... Help. All
10: right, I'm coming, I'm coming. Yes, yes, cabby, right in this way.
3: Ah, yes, this bag I want to take into the street.
10: Right you are, governor, right you are.
3: No, oh, all right. Uh, uh, goodbye, Watson. <laughs> goodbye, Watson, old fellow. Good, good Goodbye. Uh, wait a minute, driver. It's pretty heavy, I'm afraid. Uh, let me help you.
10: Yes, sir.
3: Uh, Watson, I'll write to you from Budapest. Uh, yes,
2: yeah, yes, yes, of
10: course. Hey, B- driver,
3: I just let me tighten up these straps a bit. right ho. There we are, that's right. I'll hold it, driver. Uh, you pull the strap? Of course. Uh, a few little things in this bag I wouldn't like to lose. Right you are, sir. And it's just as well to make quite sure, is it not, Professor Moriarty? <laughs> What? by a means of a simple pair of handcuffs Bless you Holmes
10: <sighs> do you imagine Sherlock Holmes that this is the end
3: I venture to dream that it might be are you quite sure the police will be able to hold me Professor Moriarty I am quite sure of nothing take him away foreman <laughs> and so my dear Watson the strange case of Miss Alice Faulkner. <sighs> well, wait. What about the letters? Oh, the letters. They were returned to their rightful owner over an hour ago. I suspected from the start that Miss Faulkner was really a nice girl at heart.
1: Mm.
3: Ah. <sighs> oh, dear. What is, it? what is it, Holmes? I was just reflecting, my dear Watson. With Moriarty out of the way, London, from the point of view of a criminal expert, is likely to become a singularly uninteresting city. One's morning paper, a veritable wilderness of boredom. <sighs> mm. Hi, Hi, yes, Billy?
4: It's a lady, sir. Been waiting for an hour. Mm. Says she's wants to see you, sir. Mm. Case of murder. Mm? She says she's got a face veil.
3: Aha! From which I deduce that she is a lady of over 41 and less than 45, of a strange dark beauty and considerable social eminence, that she has lived some years in the Near East,
2: and that she is now wearing a large blood ruby on the second finger of her left hand. (laughs) Holmes, how do you know these things? It's amazing! (laughs) Elementary,
3: my dear Watson, elementary. The chance Play of Deduction.
0: (laughs) This evening, the play was Orson Welles' own adaptation of William Gillette's Sherlock Holmes. In this cast, Dr. Watson, played by Jonathan Twining, Fuckner by Jenna Nielsen, Madge Larrabee by Melissa Myers, James Larrabee by Katie Wellen Inspector Foreman by Emily Berry, Cregan by Wesley Cole, Vasic by Brendan Smith, Leary by Emma McDonald, Billy by Serena krejci Papa, Professor Morarty by Emily Bloodsworth, Macintosh by Lana McDermott, Parsons by Mackenzie Gorman, Arson Wells by Shane Gillett, and Sherlock Holmes by Joe Towns. The orchestra was conducted by Emily Cresta, and your announcer is Brittany Moldy. Next Friday evening, at the same time, join us for the next Sherlock Holmes case, the inventor of the Tolling bell, brought to you live by QATV on
9: the air.